Our scripture is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young ones shall see visions, and your old ones shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. I've always wanted to be two places at once. And this Sunday, you're making it possible. I'm proclaiming to Covenant Church, an ecumenical liberal Baptist congregation in Houston, and to Royal Lane Baptist Church in Dallas two places at once. Not quite how I imagined it, and it's happening. And so, dear congregations, greetings to each of you on this glorious day of Pentecost. Our scripture reading for this Sunday begins, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. They were gathered from all over. They spoke 
different languages. They were not the same. And my friends, their differences were not erased that day of Pentecost. But language was no longer an obstacle to understanding. A beautiful cacophony of languages filled the air, and they all heard of the mighty works of God in their own way, in their own tongue. God's deeds of power were made clear to them in a way that they could each understand. The story of God's mighty work was spoken not in the language of the powerful, but in all languages. Love, hope, inclusion, welcome in every tongue. Languages and cultures were not erased on Pentecost, but language was no longer a barrier, no longer a source of exclusion, no longer a closing door. The Spirit broke through the limitations of language. And if we keep reading Acts, we encounter this expansive, barrier-breaking Spirit again and again. Almost immediately after the story of Pentecost, we come to the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip joins this black, gender, non-conforming traveler, and they discuss scripture and then baptism. The Ethiopian eunuch asks, what is to prevent me from being baptized? And the answer is clear, nothing, absolutely nothing, because the welcome of the spirit is wide It encompasses all and every. It breaks down every imagined barrier. And as a result, this black gender-fluid pilgrim stands prominent not only as the Christian church's first convert, at least that we know of, from Africa, but also as the church's first constructive theologian from that area. The spirit of openness and welcome continues to blow In Acts 10, we read the story of Peter, who is invited by Cornelius, a Roman centurion, to come and preach. Peter, being religiously observant, does not want to go because he knows the journey will involve violating kosher food laws. He has a vision. He sees a whole zoo of animals, some kosher and some not. And then the voice of God tells him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter protests, No, Lord, never have I ever eaten anything common or unclean. And God answers, What God has declared clean, who are you to call unclean? Peter is then awakened from his vision by a knock at the door. It's an ambassador from Cornelius asking Peter to come and preach. The Spirit breathes expansion and welcome. The Spirit breaks through any limitation. And Peter goes. And as he goes, he proclaims, Truly I perceive that God shows no partiality. The Spirit rushes in and welcome and inclusion continue to expand. Obstacles are blown away. In chapter 15, another potential barrier is overcome. This time, a conference is called in Jerusalem. Imagine the most contentious Baptist business meeting ever. The conference is about what to do about the Gentiles who want to follow Jesus. Should they become Jews first? What are the rules? What are the limits? Paul and Barnabas have their say, and then Peter 
Peter reminds everyone of his vision of how the Spirit moved among the people when he went with Cornelius. He says, Beloved, you know how in the early days God made choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness, giving them the Spirit just as God did to us. And God made no distinction between them and us. The Spirit blows in and through, ever-expanding, toppling barriers, blowing open doors, and sweeping away restrictions. While this expansiveness of the Spirit is certainly positive, in my personal experience, the Spirit's rushing in and over my own barriers has not always been a pleasant experience. In our Pentecost story, after the rush of the violent wind, after the divided tongues of fire appeared among them and rested on them, after they heard of God's mighty works in their own languages, after their experience of the Holy Spirit, the scripture reads, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? I have so been there. The Spirit rushes into my careful plans and leaves them scattered about the way leaves and branches cover streets and yards after a thunderstorm. New Testament scholar Margaret Amer notes that the word translated here as amazed carries a connotation that's less than pleasant. She writes, this is not the joy of a child seeing a magic trick. The sentiment of those gathered is closer to bewilderment. They are flummoxed by all the signs and portents. Amazed, bewildered, flummoxed. Yep, I've been there. That's how I felt as each barrier I put up to being a minister was toppled. I wouldn't major in religion because I was not going to be a minister. The spirit didn't care. The spirit blew right into my interests and passions and I ended up with a minor in religion, a minor in Baptist history, and a minor in Hebrew. But I did not take that one class I needed for a religion major. Take that spirit. And the spirit took that and blew it open. Through my minor in Baptist history, I met the dean of the then new divinity school at Wake Forest University during my college term at Oxford. He was kind and gentle and suggested with a violent rush of wind that I should consider Wake Forest University Divinity School. I explained that I was not going to divinity school because I was not going to be a minister. Once I was back at Carson Newman to finish my senior year, the winds of the spirit rushed in again when my favorite college professor, my professor of Hebrew and Old Testament, responded to my anguish about what I was going to do after college by asking, why don't you look into Wake Forest University Divinity School? Again, I explained that I wasn't going to Divinity School because I wasn't going to be a minister. But there's a thing about the spirit and barriers. The spirit will just keep blowing things open. 
I got to wake by telling myself and anyone who would listen that I was just interested in theology. True. That I was not going to be a minister. Not true. Bewildered and flummoxed, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. I graduated, and through a series of events, I found myself working at a church as a minister in New Jersey and loving it. I actually loved being a minister. Okay, okay, spirit, but I'm not going to be a senior minister. You listen here, spirit, this far and no farther. I'm a minister, fine, okay, but I don't want to be a senior minister. And the wind of the spirit blows where it will, and expansiveness enters our hearts and minds. And I've been the senior minister of Covenant Church for eight years now. I've actually joked several times that while I was wrong about not being a minister, that there was one thing that we could all count on, and that was that I would never be a television preacher. Amazed, bewildered, flummoxed. For more than a year now, I've been pushing record and preaching to a screen. And then my recorded sermons have been broadcast to our virtual congregation. While this does not make me a television preacher, it does feel like one more example of the Spirit rushing right over my restrictions, right over any impediment. The Spirit is full of surprises. The Spirit rushes into my limitations, my closed-mindedness, and makes a way blows things open once again. I have no doubt that each one of you could tell a story of your own experiences with the expansive spirit. I know that both of our congregations have stories to tell. Stories of the spirit pushing us beyond anything the founders of Covenant and the founders of Royal Lane could have predicted. We have all experienced again and again, the expansiveness of the Spirit at work in and among us. No more so than in these 14 months of pandemic. We have felt the rushing winds of the Spirit through our computer screens. Who would have imagined? The Spirit has blown in Zoom gatherings and video recordings. The Spirit has moved in virtual communion and over phone lines. The Spirit has toppled every barrier and made a way, a path that we could not have even imagined. We have always known that the church is more than any building, and my how these months have proven just that. We are the church, you and me and each one of us. We are the vessel of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, my friends, is alive and well. We have learned just how little is necessary for the Spirit, for church, for communion, for baptism, for ordination. We have many traditions and many wonderful ways of doing various rituals. And still, there is tremendous room for improvisation. The Spirit seems to love improvisation, seems to love leaving us amazed, bewildered, perplexed. I could never have imagined 
what we've experienced in these pandemic days. And in these days, just as Joel promised, God has indeed poured out God's Spirit upon all flesh. Our sons and our daughters are prophesying and our young men and women are seeing visions. Our old men and women are dreaming dreams. We are learning once again that God's Spirit is alive and well, is leading and guiding, is ever expanding our welcome, our theologies, our ideas, ever moving us beyond any obstacle. We are not abandoned. We are not left behind. We've been given the gift of a companion and a comforter in the Holy Spirit, and perhaps more than a companion and a comfort, we have been given a spirit of creativity and expansion. This spirit has walked with us through each day, has nudged us along, helping us to conceive of doing church in a new way, helping us to find ways to connect when we could no longer be safely in person, calling us again and again to reimagine, to expand. The expansiveness of the Spirit breaks into our fears, into our closed-mindedness, and urges us to see opportunity rather than threat, connection rather than isolation, solutions rather than hopelessness. Oh, how we need the winds of the Spirit to rush once more, to leap once again as tongues of fire, to illumine paths of peace for Israel and Palestine, to bring solutions, cooperation, and innovation to counteract global warming, to expose and eradicate racism and xenophobia, to blow open every closed mind, every closed door, every closed fist. The exuberant, creative spirit of God is with us now and always, sometimes leaving us comforted and sometimes leaving us flummoxed, breaking open any barrier and helping us imagine new ways of being the church, new ways of welcome, new ways of living into justice, compassion, and peace. I pray this Pentecost Sunday that the Spirit will blow anew, toppling once again any perceived barrier or limitation. I pray that the Spirit will blow anew, breathing into each one of us a new focus on God's mighty work, work that is ours to do, the work of love, of inclusion, of listening, of welcome, the work of creativity. And so come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.